We're going to be in Luke 2, and just uh, I'm going to read the text for us, um, kind of that we're going to be looking at today and what we're referencing today with our, with our song. Um, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. We want to have this be kind of rewarding for us, refreshing, but also have a children's corner here in a few minutes, so um, we'll get to that in a minute. But Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 8 uh, through 20 together. It says, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in their fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped tightly in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured these things up in her heart and meditated on them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray. Father, as we look to your word today, as we look to uh, these Christmas carols, God, I, I just, I thank you so much that we get to sing the truths of the Word of God. And God, that those truths as we sing them are, are, are being hidden more deeply and more deeply in our hearts, so we're thankful for that. God, help us this morning as we've come to, to humble ourselves, to quiet our hearts, to, to look to you, and, and God, not to our circumstances or the busyness of what today or tomorrow might hold, but God, just to pause, to reflect, to anticipate, and God, to worship you for all that you have done as you came to earth for us. We give you praise, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, we're going to look at uh, just really two aspects of a song, uh, well, multiple aspects of the same song, but uh, the song we're looking at today is God Rest Ye Married Gentlemen, and, uh, and that's, we'll be singing that here in a few minutes together, uh, as we have in the last few weeks. We've, we're going over a series, right, the Songs of Christmas. And as we look at the songs of Christmas, we're picking songs that really tie in to Scripture because we want to sing the Scriptures. I mentioned at the beginning of this series there were a couple of things that we're trying to get out of it. One, we want to know what the words mean, right? Because a lot of these hymns can be kind of old and like, man, they were, they were from way back when and they're, they're different language. So what are, they, what are they trying to say? You'll see a little bit of that today. Uh, that was part of it. The next thing is we want to use these songs. We'll let these songs be used as a window that, that opens up and helps us peer in to the redemptive story of God's grace towards us. And then as we see that, as we understand the words, as we see the redemptive story in it, what do we want to do? We want to respond richly and reverently to an amazing, worthy God. Amen? So today the song is God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. And, uh, and, and we have two, two points. So at first the sermon title is Tidings of Comfort and Joy. That's the same song. We'll sing that in a little while, right? And, uh, and I think really it's what the song should be titled, Tidings of Comfort and Joy. 
So the sermon title, the title today is Tidings of Comfort and Joy. And uh, we look at, we're looking at two things. I'm going to take the first point with the first couple verses. Then Matt's going to talk about the, the, uh, the second part, and we'll talk about those. Uh, the first point is, number one, you'll see it in your bulletin, and it's on, those, on the dis, uh, sermon discussion guide. Uh, on the back side has the song, and the front side has the notes. Number one is this, Tidings of Comfort and Joy, uh, they came, that, or that's that Christ came to reconcile us back to God. Thank you. It was a hallelujah, right? That, that Christ came to reconcile us back to God. I, I've, I think so, so often we, we approach Christmas as, okay, I've got to decorate again. Okay, I've got to, we're going to sing songs. We've got to go to the, the, with the family to church. We've got to take, drag, the, drag the family out to church today, right? That's, that's not the anticipation that Jesus, he wants tidings of comfort and joy. And if we aren't having tidings of comfort and joy, we may not be seeing the Savior, who came for you in the appropriate way. Oh, baby Jesus, he's, okay, he's in the manger in my nativity at home. That's awesome. It's bigger than that. Jesus came for you. He came for you. So we're going to put the lyrics to the song up here. Uh, God rest ye merry gentlemen. So verse 1, God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was what? Born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. And then the chorus. O tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. O tidings of comfort and joy. We really should see some comfort and joy. So what are they singing about? Well, the first part, if you look at God, rest ye merry gentlemen. It's interesting. Like, what does that even mean? Like, I need to rest. And, and it's just talking about the men because I'm not a, you know, maybe you're not a gentleman. Maybe you're a woman, and, and you know, maybe, but maybe you're a man that's not a gentleman. I get it, right? He's talking about all of us, the brethren, people, right? And, and originally, this song, historically, we don't know who wrote it. This was just like the Christmas carol. What are you saying about Dick, Charles Dickens? Charles Dickens. Uh, the song, a Christmas, the movie, A Christmas Carol, the play, the Christmas carol is this song. The, so the song they sing in A Christmas Carol is God Rest You Very Gentleman. It was just, it was very common. It was, they didn't have to write the words down. Everybody knew the words. We knew the words to it. So. Yeah. So it's, it's like the Christmas carol. Not sure if mid-1700s somewhere it got written. Not sure. But it's carried on through the years. And certainly it's changed a little bit. But when they, originally what we've seen in some of the text is that, that first line, God rest ye merry gentlemen. A couple things that have tweaked, right? God rest ye merry gentlemen. Um, when he talks about rest, they actually, it's, it's like they would have thought this meant God keep. God keep. God keep you merry? Well, merry, we think it's, Mary, it's like, Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas. Actually, Mary was, was taken as mighty, mighty. So God, keep you mighty, gentlemen. God, keep you mighty, brethren. And so when we look at that way, like, wow, that's, that's, that's important, right? For me to really have comfort and joy, tidings of comfort and joy, I've got I've to be kept mighty or strong. And, and this might is not something that what? Comes from us. This might is from the Lord. Isaiah 26, uh, Miss Jean read this uh, part of this this morning. Uh, he, God, of God, it said, you, God, will keep the mind, keep, right? Keep, there it is, God, keep you. He will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. So how are we kept when we trust in the Lord? We trust in him. We see who he is. We know what he's done. We say, God, we could never do what you have done. We, we lower ourselves and we elevate God. He keeps us and keeps us in perfect peace. I don't know about you. I don't, I don't have many tidings of comfort and joy when I don't have peace in my heart. 
when I'm, when I'm anxious about things. There's not comfort and joy in that. But there is when we have rest and how we are kept in peace by God. But how about the strength? Like mighty. Where does might come from? It's from God. It's not from you or me. You might think you're strong and think you're strong enough to handle all these things on your own. You are not. That's a newsflash. You're not. <laughs> Ephesians 6 says, finally be strong or strengthened by the Lord and the power of who? His might. It's His might. So for us to be kept mighty has to be all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord and what, what He provides for us. That when we trust in Him, because we can't trust in ourselves, He will bring peace to our mind. And when we say, God, I, I, I'm not strong enough, I'm going to yield to you, we can be strengthened by the power of His might. That, that uh, first verse of the song, it again says, um, God rest you, married gentlemen, let nothing you dismay or, or you're despairing in, right? Like, don't, don't despair about anything, right? We see that in Philippians 4, don't, don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything, right, with thanksgiving. And, and the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ, right? So don't dismay, but remember, so important. This, this remember thing is like, it, it, how many of you have had that? Like, hey, just, just cheer up. Okay, thanks for letting me cheer up. Like, I'll, I'll cheer up, I'll get over it. But there's a, here's an answer of how. Cheer up, take cheer. Don't dismay. Why? Remember, Christ, our Savior, was born on Christmas Day. So what are the tidings of, of comfort and joy that come from this, though? It says, remember Christ, our Savior, was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. You know, we think, oh, Jesus was born. I'm going to just, I have hope in him. Why do we have hope in him? Because you and I, apart from Christ, are dead in our sin. Isaiah chapter 53, a famous text talking about the Messiah, what he would suffer. It says in, in verse 6, it says, uh, we have all gone astray like sheep. There, we, we sing that in the song. We've all gone astray. Right? We have turned away. We turned to our own way. And the Lord punished him, Jesus, for the iniquity of us all. You realize that's why Jesus was born? Because you went astray? Because I went astray? Jesus was born because we went astray. So that he would take the wrath of God upon his shoulders and die in the place that you and I deserve to die. We had gone astray, but he was punished for our sin. Verse 2 of the song. From God our Heavenly Father a blessed angel came unto certain shepherds and brought tidings of the same, how that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Again, these are the tidings of comfort and joy. This, this is from God, a Savior has come for us. And the angels came to announce this birth to, to, to uncertain shepherds. And Matt will talk about that in a minute. But this prophecy was, even Isaiah 9 goes back, it says, for a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. The government will be on our shoulders. He'll have all the authority ever. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. This is our Savior. This is why there are tidings of comfort and joy. And we see this in Matthew chapter 1. If you turn in Matthew chapter 1 in your Bibles. Again, we need to take this deep dive and look. Why did Jesus come? What was he doing? What was he up to? What was he accomplishing, right? Well, it's told at the beginning of the, the story, the, the nativity story, when, when the angels come to Mary and Joseph, 
It's told. It's said. So Matthew 1, 18 says this, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. He didn't know what was up, right? What, what has happened? My wife's pregnant. I don't get this. not mine. goes on. After he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're to name him Jesus, because people will give gifts to each other one day and sing songs. <laughs> oh, yours doesn't say that? Mine doesn't either. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Listen, if you are all alone tomorrow... Jesus came to save you from your sins. Praise God. Tidings of comfort and joy. Amen. If you're with your family tomorrow, Jesus came to save you from your sins. Those are tidings of comfort and joy. Don't get distracted. This is why Jesus came. We all have gone astray, and he came to save us from our sins. It says this took place to fulfill what was uh, told through the prophet. The virgin will become pregnant, give birth to a son. They will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is even bigger. It's not just... God sent someone to die for us. God came and put on flesh himself to save us from our sins. It's amazing. You know, most of humanity spends most of their lives trying to get to God. You know how they do it? Making themselves higher and making God lower. Ooh. That is a very dangerous road, friendo. We have to be low. We have to, to humble ourselves. We have to understand who we are and understand that the glory and the majesty of the creator of the universe exalted on the, on, to the highest place is the one who came down. He made himself low for us. We can't get to him. He came to us. That's the promise. And rest. We find this, this rest in comfort and joy. In Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, all of you. Now, he's, he's not a baby anymore, right? He's grown up and now he's talking and teaching and preaching. He says to you and I, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's how we find real rest. That's how we're kept, our minds are kept in peace and how we have strength because God is our strength. And we have cast our burdens on him. We've cast our sin on him. And he is mighty to forgive and mighty to save. I mentioned the, the point was that Christ came to reconcile us back to God. There, we could spend all of our lives trying to get to God and we'll never make it. There is a chasm too wide. It's too great for us. But God came down to you. God came down for you. That through faith in Christ, you could be his forever. That you could be forgiven that you could be at peace, your soul would be at rest, and that you would be reconciled. That relationship between you and God would be fixed. Not because you did something right, not because you did enough, but because Christ did everything necessary for you. Amen. Paul tells us in Romans 5, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, right? It, it, justified, I've said this word lots of times, you're getting tired of it. It's just as if I'd never sinned. 
Right? We have faith in Christ. We stand before God just as if I'd never sinned. Praise Jesus. Because I look in the mirror every day, and I know who I am, and I need that Savior. That we have been justified by faith. Now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Hey, God's come. Christ has come to reconcile you back to God the Father. That's what Christmas is about. Any last words on that before we read the book? We're going we're gonna to have a, a children's <laughs> corner now, okay? And I'm going to read the Christmas narrative out of my favorite Bible storybook ever, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Well, we're going to go into point number two now, back to our sermon notes. And, uh, and Matt, you're all over that. So point number two uh, is about verse three here. So we'll bring that up on the screen there. I'll read that for us. Fear not, then said the angel, let nothing you affright. This day is born a savior of a pure virgin bright. To free all those who trust in him from Satan's power and might. So this is basically a retelling of Luke chapter 2, verse 15. And something to notice here is every time an angel appears in the, the Jesus birth narrative, the very first thing that angel has to say is, don't afraid, don't be afraid, calm down, don't be afraid. Um, why? What do you guys think? Because this didn't happen every day. You don't just have an angel appear before you every day, you know? Um, it was probably the most terrifying experience of their life. You know, the, the shepherds there in the field, it's dark, and then it's not so dark, and they have no idea what's going on. And the first thing they're, they're, they are is afraid, and the angel says, don't be afraid, all right? Um, but every case when the angel says that, the people listened, probably because this big, shiny, giant thing is telling you not to be afraid. They, I would listen too, I think. That's just me. Um, so, for instance, uh, when they spoke to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 12, it says, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior is born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. So as angels proclaimed God's message, they responded in faith with trust and obedience. This is the shepherd. These, these are the, the smelliest, the lowliest, the, the guys that have to hang on outside of town because of their lowly status. Um, the angels were proclaiming the one who should be feared. They don't say, they say, don't be afraid of, of the angel. They're telling you who you should be afraid of. Uh, later, Jesus says this to his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Don't fear those who cure, kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who's able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 says it this way, that the fear of sin, the hold of the fear of sin and death has over us, and, and this is what Jesus did about it. Uh, verse 14 says, now the children, since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these. This is the part of him coming as a human child and ultimately to shed his blood part. So that's, that's, that's why that's important. He's saying, hey, I'm like you. Continuing, it says, so that through his death, he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. So before we know Christ, we are held in slavery to the fear of death, held in slavery to the power of sin and Satan. So like all people, the shepherds wanted to be free. They wanted to be free of the burden of sin and death. They didn't second-guess those angels. After all, this is the most unique experience of their life. They didn't second-guess the angels. They told them something, they believed it right away. 
When angels told them the Messiah had been born in verse 15 of Luke 2, they looked at each other and said, let's go see what, what we were just told. Let's go see this thing we were just told about. They were told a Savior was born for all people, which very much included them. You know, these lowly outcasts, edge of the town, smelly people, it included them. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, the Apostle Paul writes, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedience. We, too, all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath as those others were also. But God, who was rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our trespasses. Verse 8 continues on and says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift. That's Jesus. That's the gift we're talking about here, the tidings of comfort and joy. So it's not from works, so that no one can boast. Going on here to verse 4. If we can bring that they, they, they trusted that, right? So we're, we're talking about tidings of comfort and joy. Is the, the, they trusted, their, the, trusted the angel's word. And, they, and one of the things they trusted, they trusted that they couldn't do it on their own. Right. And, and what an amazing, you think about how lowly we feel sometimes. And, and in this day, uh, I think that there, was a, there was a sense of vibe that, there, that, that God or religious things or God's favor was for the religious elite. And that's not the case. But he, he, they came to lowly shepherds, right. the riffraff, like the our riff book said. And so what did they do? They trusted. They trusted that mm. finally there's something bigger than me, there's something better than me, a savior right. that's been born. Riffraff. I like that. Riffraff. That's right. Well, it's, it's that the, the, the gift was not for someone else. It was for them too. You know, They were included in that. So verse 4 here, it says, those shepherds at those tidings rejoiced much in mind and left their flocks of feeding in tempest, storm, and wind and went to Bethlehem straightway the Son of God to find. So they're, here they are. They're responding in trust and obedience. They're, they're going to do the thing now, right? So when they heard the message about the Savior, the Messiah having been born, it brought them overwhelming joy. You know, they, they gave up. They left their, their sheep in the dark at night alone. And went, right? They put feet to their faith. They absolutely got up and did something. God, it's, uh, the universe had come to rescue them, and they were compelled to action, right? Jesus tells his disciples the same thing. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. We have been free from the burden of sin especially the burden of the punishment, the wrath of God because of sin, by what Jesus did in coming to earth to be born in sinless perfection, to live a life of sinless perfection, and then ultimately to die a death he didn't deserve in our place. And all of that began in a stable in Bethlehem. Before the foundations of the world, God already had a plan in place to send his son for you, for me, for shepherds, for the riffraff, how should we respond to this? How should you respond to this? God has already picked up the check. He's already paid the tab. He's already freed us from the obligation of death, of the wretchedness of our sin. Our sin demands death. That's the, that's the punishment. God, in the Bible, the, the wages of sin is death. That's what is deserved. God wants us to be redeemed, though. He wants us to put our faith in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 
18 through 21 says, everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, the tidings of comfort and joy. Our job to go tell about it now too. Verse 19, that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, remember as the transitional word, what's the therefore, right? We are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. I, I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I think it's funny. that um, I saw a little, uh, meme. It says um, somebody saying, I don't trust the Bible. It was written by men. And the person responds, well, who else is going to write it? <laughs> so people, you, you, man makes a cookbook. You, you still make a cake. It's still, you still trusted their words. You know, like, so the, the message of reconciliation has been given. We are the ambassadors for Christ. It's us, right? We've been given this. Uh, continue on this is we plead on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God so the ministry of reconciliation is the sharing of the glad tidings of comfort and joy just like the shepherds they went we should go the message is that eternal God came down to put on mortal flesh so that we may have life in him he came to be born to live a life of sinless and ultimately to die on the cross because he loves us so much. He gave us himself as the first and best Christmas gift of all. Everyone always at my house wants to be the first to open the Christmas gift. There was one that was way better and it was the first one ever. That was Jesus. What God has done through Christ for us should bring tidings of comfort and joy. That comfort and joy should lead us to respond to Christ in faith and obedience. Amen. Let's wait uh, if you would come up and close us in, in prayer, and we're going to transition back to some worship time and sing this song that we just learned about and finish up our service just worshiping Jesus and singing some Christmas carols. Sound good? Hoyt, come on up. All right, would you pray with us? Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this time to come together as your people to hear what we've heard so many times, Lord, but that never gets old. Thank you for the reminder through your word that you sent your son to be our savior. And Father, I pray that as we leave here today, we would go away not believing that peace and joy somehow come from things or the world father but true and lasting peace comes when our sins are forgiven father when we are made right with you through humble repentance and faith in Jesus Christ Emmanuel God with us thank you for this story Thank you that it's true. Father, help us to continue to understand it. If there are any here today who have not benefited from repentance and faith in Christ, who are not experiencing peace and joy because their sins are not forgiven, Lord, would you save them? Open their eyes to see the truth. And as Jesus prayed, Father, would you continue to sanctify us 
in the truth. And your word is truth. We praise you for it. Lord, you are worthy of honor and glory and praise. As we continue to sing, Lord, I pray we will contemplate the words and not just say them out of memory. As we think about our Savior, Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen.